Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. If you don't know me, my name is Benj. If you're listening on the podcast, good morning. There you go, got it in. Um, my name is Benj and it's so good to have you here. It really is. I'm so glad that you're here. Not just because it makes me feel better, because I'm speaking, but I really value everybody in this room. I value you being here. And by you being here, I'm going to be blessed this morning and we're all going to be blessed. So it's good to have you. Now, um, we're in a series at the moment. Hopefully it comes as no surprise. If it does, surprise, we're in a series called Faith, Hope and Love. Jim's got a slide. Ta-da. Faith, Hope and Love. And we've heard some great messages about faith, hope and love so far. Um, I want to start by telling you a quick story about a group of friends that I have. Uh, We should have a photo, I think, of... Look at us there. If you've not seen the most Christian-looking photo of friends ever, this is it. (laughs) In a a harvest field of wheat, standing, brothers, arms in arms. This is is very Christian. Um, Like a movie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, this, is, this is a group of friends I have. And very recently, we, um, one of my friends is, lives in Canada. And so every year or every couple of years, he comes back. And when he's back, we decide to go on a walk with all of our group of friends. Now, some of them live up here. Some of them live down the other end of the country. One of them lives in Canada. But every now and again, we all get together for a day and we go for a walk. And this is a few weeks ago. We went for this walk. And uh, not too long before this photo was taken, you would be surprised to hear that we were all stood in a circle in a field eating pancakes, telling each other why we loved each other. (laughs) It gets more Christian. We were stood in a field telling each other exactly why we loved and appreciated each other, and that's what we did. Anyway, we we went on this great walk, and do you know what? I uh, At the end of the walk, I felt so built up and encouraged and full of faith I felt amazing. Now, I'm telling you that story because this morning, we're going to build each other up, we're going to encourage each other, we're going to fill each other full of faith. Because the title of the message is, Jim, a house of faith. This is what we are, and this is what we will be this morning, and this is what I believe God wants for us, to be a house of faith. Um there's kind of like a a side part of this message which has already been filmed it's on youtube it's called how to choose your friends and it goes seven ways that you can choose really good friends so if you want to watch that it's on youtube um we're going to be focusing on a story this morning in the bible that's all about a group of friends and how they stirred up the faith in their in their friend and how that faith resulted in this guy's miracle so if you've got a bible This is the point to get it out of your pocket or under your chair or wherever it is. If you don't have a Bible, maybe the person next to you has got one and you can like cozy up and have a little look over their shoulder. (laughs) Do you like that? (laughs) Um, We're going to be looking at Mark chapter 2. And just for reference, this story is also found in Matthew 9 and in Luke 5. But we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. When you're there, say... Yabba-dabba-doo. Great. This is what it says. When he entered Capernaum, this is Jesus, again, after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many people gathered together that there was no more room, not even in the doorway. Just imagine that for a minute. And he was speaking the message to them. And then 
they came to him bringing a paralytic carried by four men. And since they were not able to bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above where he was. And when they had broken through, they lowered the mat on which the paralytic was lying. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does he speak like this? Uh, He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right away, Jesus understood in his spirit that they were thinking like this within themselves. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, pick up your mat and walk. But so you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He told the paralytic, I tell you, get up, pick up your mat and go home. Immediately he got up, he picked up his mat and he went out in front of everyone. As a result, they were all astounded and gave glory to God saying, we have never seen anything like this. It's a fantastic story. Um, so what I'm going to do this morning is I'm just going to, we're going to reread that story. It's going to pull some things out for us that describe what a house of faith looks like. And, uh, There's some fun things this morning. Some people are prepped, but they don't know what they're prepped for, and all will be revealed shortly. Um, This this is a story that happened about 2,000 years ago in a place about 2,000 miles from here in the Middle East. Um, But I really believe that what we look at this morning is what God has for us here in Market Harbour, 2,000 miles away, 2,000 years later, what he wants for us, Okay. Um, And I want to encourage you that if you hear something that you like or something funny or something you agree with, let me know. Let's not be quiet this morning because if we're really quiet, that's boring and I could (laughs) film this message at home. There you go. (laughs) All right. So verse one, when he entered Capernaum again, after some days it was reported he was at home. Um, Jesus is in Capernaum. He did a lot of his ministry in Capernaum. That's kind of where he was based. Uh, He says he was at home, Peter's house, many people believe it was. I guess Jesus lived there. Um, It was a pretty normal house, from what I gather. Peter was a fisherman, didn't have loads of money, fairly standard. Um, One story, stairs at the side, flat roof. So when it says that they were going to carry the guy up onto the roof, we might be thinking, how did he get up on the roof? There were stairs, spoiler alert. Um, (laughs) But it was a normal house. Hands up if you live in a normal house. I think. Most of us believe in quite normal houses, all right? So this is a normal house where this event's taking place. And it says that there were so many people gathered there, there was no more room, not even in the doorway. Now, the reason I've brought you all in this today is to get this feeling of, like, this house was packed, okay? You might feel a bit too close for comfort to somebody. Imagine what it was like in this house. It was packed. They couldn't get any more people in. And Jesus was in the middle trying to speak to them all. Um, And then this guy comes along, this paralytic man, paralyzed man, he couldn't walk. And he's carried by four men. Now, I'm just going to move this out of the way. We're not going to do yoga. But I do have a mat. This mat is for me to lie on. All right. Now, I have asked Sam... Steve, Carl, 
and Pete. Pete nearly got away with then. Chaps, please come to me. So this, there's this guy, and uh, he's been... <laughs> Don't laugh, Pete, this is a serious point. This guy's been paralysed. It doesn't say how long. Now, I reckon it's for many years. I think he's probably... Maybe he's been paralysed from birth or when he was young. I imagine him to be sort of, I don't know, middle-aged or 30s or 40s or something like that. I reckon this guy has had this illness, this disease, whatever's paralysed him for a long, long time. So he's lying on his mat. He can't move. And he's probably been lying there for days after days after months and years. And just imagine how not full of faith this guy would have been. Hope, utterly hopeless. He's like, it's been so long. What, what's the point anymore? I'm just sitting here. I'm on my mat. I can't do anything. And then these, these four guys are in the story. Now, it doesn't say their names. We've got Carl, Pete, Sam and Steve this morning. But it doesn't say their names. It doesn't tell you what they did, what they do, sorry, as a living. But it says that these four guys bring this man to Jesus. Now, I've asked them to help me with something this morning. Um, you're on PA, Sam. Could you grab the handheld mic? Oh, it's there. Great. Carl, take the mic. <clears throat> now, what I want you to do, each of you, is to try and convince me that we should go to Jesus. <laughs> All right? So we're going to have a conversation. You go first, Carl. Carl, Carl there's, there's no point. Uh, you've been there a long time. No, there's no point, Carl. Well, you've got to see what Jesus has done. Have you seen the things he's been doing? I haven't seen him because I've been on the mat, Carl. Uh, have you heard? Have you heard of the things he's been doing? Uh, well, I've kind of heard, but I'm not sure I really believe it. Well, what do you think, Pete? <laughs> it's not going to get any worse. It's not going to get any better. It's about time you did something about it. I just don't know if I believe it, Pete. Honestly, I just don't know if I've got well, the faith. How about I believe it for you, and I'll get some guys, and we'll take you. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but at least you tried. Oh, that's really kind. That's really kind of you, Pete. What do you think, Steve? Again, what's the worst that can happen? This is a guy... <laughs> That all he needs to do is touch you. Do you yeah, know what? He doesn't even need to touch you. You can touch, you can touch him and, and you will... Yeah, but how do you know that, Steve? Because he's done it before and he'll do it again. But how, what, how do you know that, though? Because I know because I've seen it. You've seen it? I've seen it. What, you've seen him do I've something? I've seen it, I've heard it. Have you it's seen true. it, uh, yeah, Sam? Have. have you? Have you? What have you seen? I have seen it. I've seen miracles. And have you? do it for you as well. Can he? Yeah. Do you think? Shall we go? Come on. Can you take me? Yeah. Thanks. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Great job. You can pop the uh, pop. You can go back to your seats. I was, I was expecting we were going to lose. No, 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 no. <laughs> 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 I'm in the corner of the mat. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's like That was my first idea to yeah. get these to carry me out of here. Where's the rest of it? So he's got these four friends, and. You can imagine him, can't you? You can imagine him being like, I, honestly, like, what is the point? It's been so long. I've had this illness for so long. Surely there's, there's no hope. And he's got these friends. And they're like the ultimate hype guys. They're like, come on, we can do this, can't we? Haven't you heard what Jesus does? Haven't you heard that he healed this person and he saw this person, blind man, be uh, seeing again? And he's done all these things like, surely 
if anybody's going to sort you out, it's Jesus, surely. He's got all these guys talking to him. And it's got this amazing, um, uh, amazing couple of lines. It says that they got to the house, and when they got there, they climbed up onto the roof, and it says they removed the roof. Um, they didn't let the fact that the house was packed full of people stop them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he might have been, I don't know how heavy the guy was. I mean, he probably had no muscles on his legs because he can't move them, so he might have been a bit lighter. But, you know, they've carried him for however long, got to the house, seen it packed full of people, and they could have been like, oh, do you know what, mate? We tried. You know, we just can't get there today. But they didn't do that. They went up onto the roof. They were determined, these friends. They knew that this guy, Jesus, was the answer to their friend's problem. Um, And it says this, when they had broken through, the mat laid down. You've got this amazing symbol of both a physical breaking through of the roof, but also this breakthrough that this guy's needed for so long in his life. Um, and then they lowered this guy down into a house of faith. Okay. Then it says this in verse 5. <clears throat> Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. So you've got Jesus standing in this house. He looks up and he sees Carl, Sam, Pete and, uh, Carl, uh, no, I've said Carl twice. Steve. He sees their faces up at the top peering down. He's like, who are you? And then down comes this guy on a mat and it says, seeing that their faith, Jesus says this thing to the paralytic. So it was the faith of his friends that Jesus was looking at. It wasn't the guy's faith. It was the faith of the friends. Um, the, the, it was the friend's faith that brought about this man's salvation first and his healing. It's interesting, isn't it? The first of all, it says, son, your sins are forgiven. He doesn't even talk about his legs. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. He said, well, why did, does he say that? If you read in, the, in those verses, it says that everybody else who was there, he said that so that they would realise that he was God. He was, Jesus was God. They all knew that God was the only person that can forgive you of your sins. And then this guy, Jesus, is like, well, I forgive you. So they were like, What? I thought only God could do that. Jesus is like, hello, this is me. <laughs> I'm God. So first of all, he, he forgives their sin, forgives the guy's sins. Um, so everybody in the room, all of a sudden, they're like, okay, we're in a room with God, Jesus. They've, they've heard his reputation because he's been in and out of Capernaum a lot. They've heard of what he's done. They might have seen him do other things. They're in this room with him. Suddenly, he's like, I am God and I can forgive your sins. Imagine, all of a sudden, the guy that they lowered down from the roof, originally they were like, what's going on? Now they're like, oh, I think something's going to happen. Their faith is slowly raising. Um, Let me read some verses to you from the Bible that talk about faith and how faith can bring about a healing and a miracle. And if you're in the room this morning and you need a miracle or you need healing, have a listen to these verses. James 5.15, the prayer of faith will save the sick person and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Mark 10.51-52, then Jesus answered him, what do you want me to do for you? Rabbi, the blind man said to him, he's blind. Just take a minute to appreciate that. This guy's blind. 
As far as I'm aware, there's no medical cure if you're blind. Rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. Jesus said to him, go, your faith has saved you. And immediately he could see. And he began to follow Jesus on the road. Mark 5.28, she said, if I just touch his clothes, Steve said this, I think, didn't you, Steve? If I just touch his clothes, I will be made well. This is a woman who has faith. Instantly, her flow of blood ceased. She sensed in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Acts 3.16, this is the lame man at the beautiful gate. Similar story. By faith in his name, his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. So the faith that comes through Jesus has given him this perfect health in front of you all. So you've got this faith that's kind of like, it starts in the friends. The friends have faith. I think probably the paralyzed man would have had a little bit of faith starting to build again. You know, I, I think to get him there, his friends must have been saying to him, come on, like, Jesus can do this for you. And he would have been like, well, you're my friends. I trust you. Like, maybe he can. A little bit of faith building there. He goes through the roof. All of a sudden, the house becomes slowly filling with faith. There's all this faith in the room. And Jesus says, your sins forgive him. And then he says, I tell you, get up, pick up your mat and go home. So he gets up, picks up his mat. Going to roll it up. And he goes home. Well, nearly goes home. And imagine now how much faith there must have been in this house. Have, have you ever seen somebody that couldn't walk, walk again? No? Yeah. No? Yes? Amazing. Probably for most of us, no. <laughs> Tilly. <laughs> like, have you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know if I have. From memory, I don't think I have. And most people probably wouldn't have. Like, why would you see that unless there's a guy that can do miracles? So all of a sudden, this guy, he rolls up his mat, he gets up and he stands up, and this whole house... We've been full of faith. And he gets his mat, this thing that he's been bound to for so many years that he can't get off. He's been lying on it day after day after day. He picks it up, and you've now got this incredible picture of the thing that once bound him. He's carrying it out of the house because Jesus has set him free. Thanks, Steve. I, I, I think this story is amazing. So it's so easy for us to sit and be like, oh, it's just a story in the Bible. But Jesus is real, and he does the same things today. Like, this could happen. Why not? This could happen today. Um, It was this physical demonstration, the thing that kept him bound for so long. Um, The man had received, if you like, two miracles. He'd saved his first miracle of salvation, and the second one, restoration to his body, and he got up. Two miracles. And it says, he went out in front of everyone. So everyone saw what Jesus had done, even if they weren't right at the front where he was, even if they were just at the edge of the doorway trying to see, this guy walks out in front of them all, he's carrying his mat. They would have probably known him. Capernaum probably wasn't a very big place. I think it was, some say it was a village, some say it was a town. But if there's a guy that's paralyzed lying in the middle of this village every day or town, you probably know, you've probably seen him. And so he's walking out, now carrying his mat, and everybody would have been like, oh! Can you imagine, can you imagine it? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to paint a picture, trying to imagine this thing, right? 
Can you imagine that? And so think of the faith that would have risen inside the house and then outside of the house, all these people seeing this miracle. Now, one of the reasons I've asked us to come in a bit today is because I want to hear some testimonies from amongst us. What this guy was doing is he's, he's basically a living testimony now. He's got his mat, this thing, and this is a testimony. He's like, look what God did for me. Jesus did for me. And testimonies, which we probably know, build faith. I challenge you to hear a story of something good that God has done and for your faith to either stay the same or decrease. <laughs> if it decreases, I will check your pulse because I'm not sure you're alive. But that's what testimonies do. They build faith. And what I want to do this morning is to help us realise that this isn't just a story from a Bible that children learn about. This is a real story, and it's the same God who can do the same thing today. Yes. And that's the truth. Yeah. That is the truth. So, there's a microphone. Where's the microphone gone? What I want you to do is have a think about a story from some point in your life, however long that's been, where God has done something good. I particularly would like to hear stories of healing, stories of provision. Um, what else did I say? Yeah, miracles or stories of peace. I'd love to hear those, okay? Now, if you're a Christian in the room, your hand should be straight up because God has surely has done it. Okay, thank you, Andrew. We're just going to hear a few, okay? Now, let me, let me help us. When we hear a testimony... We shouldn't just be sat there like, oh, that's good. <laughs> right? We're, we're hearing about things that God has done yes. in somebody's life. Yeah. If I was a paralyzed man and he came and restored my legs and I walked out and you were like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I'd be like, hello? What's going on? We're about to hear things that God has done and we should acknowledge the fact that the creator God loves us enough to do something in our lives that's for our good, whatever that looks like. So feel free to get excited, right? Okay, good. All right. Now, tell us briefly, Andrew, one thing God has done. He's healed me. Tell me more. <laughs> it's relating to your story. Okay. Because... That house would have had a, a waterproof roof. It would have had a structure to it. It's not a reed roof or anything like that. It's, it's going to be a messy thing. Um, it, they would have had to punch through that, that roof. And then there would have been debris falling down. But Jesus was in the middle of it. And he would have had that debris land on him. He would have looked up and thought, wow, what's going on here? Other people would have thought, wow, this is a messy thing. But they knew that Jesus was going to do something. They knew that he was going to do something. And that's what it was like for me. When I was in hospital, it was a messy thing. You know, the, the treatment that I had was going didn't, to... I didn't know what they were going to do to me. I've got a pacemaker now. I had to have an operation and things. But it was a messy thing but I knew that God was going to heal me. So it was like 
like this roof coming down on me, you yeah. know, the debris. And uh, so, you know, when, you get, when there's going to be a, a, a miracle, you've got to expect some mess. You've yeah. got to expect some, um, some debris going, coming yeah. down. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you can clap. Right, who else? So, somebody else tell me. Or Carl, you go first. We're going to keep these brief, guys, okay? Because I've got more to say. Oh, yeah, so test me of uh, healing. Um, my sister, when she was 16, she pretty much had problems with her knees and she went through two years of surgery. Got to the point where top orthopedic surgeon in Zimbabwe said he's reached what he can do, can't do anymore. And uh, anyway, a friend of ours, a Christian, came and stayed with us. She prayed for my sister. And I wasn't there. An angel appeared to my sister and healed oh, her. Mm. <laughs> Did you just hear that? Yes. Say it again. What? Say that again. What? An angel. What? An angel appeared to your sister. Yeah, an angel appeared okay, to my so sister. We're on the edge of our seats mm. now, Carl. Mm. <laughs> and uh, she was healed. And it's been an anchor in terms of my faith, in terms because I was 14. I pushed her around in wheelchairs, helped her with crutches. I came in the room like two days later and she, she was walking around. And uh, it's been a. Isn't that amazing? You're, you're pushing her around in a wheelchair, and then all of a sudden an angel appears. She's instantly healed. The top orthopedic surgeon couldn't do anything, but Jesus comes along and he heals her. Yes, right? Now listen, I'm, I'm not doing this to be gimmicky, but I believe that when we respond to these things, there's a measure of faith that comes that says, do you know what, like, that is amazing. God can do the same. Yeah. That's awesome, Carl. Somebody else. Grace. Um, oh, I could tell you loads of um, stories of healing, but um, one that really struck me when I was younger, my cousin had loads and loads and loads of health issues. And it turned out she had a valve in her kidney that was the wrong way around. Like what should have been flowing in wasn't flowing in. It was flowing out. Um, and she was going to have to have surgery. Um, so she got prayed for. And when she went in for her surgery, they gave her a scan, thankfully, before they cut her open. And um, it just it was the right way around. And they said, we don't know what's happened. You don't need surgery. You're healed. What? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Um, James is just going to share his testimony. He's not put his hand up, but... Do you like this one? The, the OG testimony. Um, I, when I was born, I was, my mum and dad quickly realised I wasn't hearing anything, didn't have any sound coming through, so they took me to doctors, etc., etc., who basically diagnosed me as clinically deaf, couldn't hear anything. Um, I asked my mum and dad to recall this because I had to share it with a video, and obviously I don't remember because I was weeks old, and Dad said he used to drop boxes of Lego by my head to, to, to see if there's a reaction from the sound, which there wasn't. Um, but I, w I was prayed for, you can obviously see where this is going, I was prayed for, and literally my ears just opened like that. Um, I've never had any hearing issues since. Okay, so we've had like knees being fixed, kidney pumps being reversed, ears being opened, the, the, the mess of being in this health situation around you, but knowing that God is in it, in the middle of it. Wow. <sighs> One more, Steve. 
I did a healing one the other week, so I won't repeat that one again. Um, a miracle. Uh, yeah, we years ago I was given a company car, given well, it's part of my job. So to enjoy that, we decided we'd drive down to Exmouth near where we used to live in Devon. Took the kids for the day. We had a lovely day on the beach, playing all sorts of silly games. End of the day, we packed up. Let's go back to the car. Where's the car key? Who's got the car key? No. Where? Where was it? Well, it was in my pocket. Okay. Um, big stony beach. <laughs> We've been between here and here, so we did some logical stuff we'd seen on the TV. The police. Let's get right everybody in a line. Let's just let's do the forensic looking along. Um, so we did all that where we thought we'd been on the beach. Couldn't find it. What are we going to do? Kids are quite young. It's a long way to go. Where are we going to go? So Becky says, why don't we just pray? So we, we huddled, in a, huddled in a group and prayed. As we prayed, I looked down below my feet and there's the keys. <laughs> That's amazing. Thanks. Put your hands up if you think, believe that God can heal and God can do miracles. Okay. So there's a room here full of people that believes this, which is great. After hearing those testimonies, does anybody feel a little bit like, ooh, a bit of, bit of faith's been coming up here. Like, I've heard these things that are amazing. And actually, when I walked in, compared to now, I'm actually feeling a bit more like, oh, do you know, God can do things. I feel like that. They're these amazing stories. <clears throat> At the end of this account, you've got this phrase. He walked out in front of everybody and... They were astounded and they gave glory to God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Mm. We have never seen anything like this. This is a phrase for me that we need to be hearing more and more in this church. People saying, we've never seen anything like this. I just want to take a couple of minutes to finish now just to help us imagine what a church looks like when that phrase is said all the time and what the church that's a house of faith looks like. Um, if the church became a house of faith and if we saw more healings and miracles, if we had more testimonies, if we were faithful friends who got alongside one another and encouraged each other and we were like, do you know what? God can heal you, Steve, your back problems. He can do that. Um, when Jesus is at the centre of the house and crowds are coming to hear the message. Um, and just by the way, this isn't like a Sunday morning thing. A house of faith or a church that's full of faith, it's not, it's not this room. i say that again. It's, it's not just this room. The church is not Meadowdale Primary School. The church is John and Wendy and Steve and Becky and Phil and Sharon and Pete and Jenny. The church is the people. And when the Bible describes the church being a house, it's the people together that make up the house of God. That's why God dwells. He dwells amongst his people. It doesn't matter where you meet. It doesn't matter if there's five of you or 500 of you. It's the church. Okay? Does that make sense? Yeah? It's not about this school hall. A house of faith is not just about this school hall. Yes. 
This is one of the places that we meet, and that's great. But we meet all the time in lots of other places, okay? Um, if you know that God never changes, that's one of his, the, the, the aspects of God's nature. He never changes. Never changes. He is the same God as he was in the Bible, as he is today. He never changes. He does the same things. He never changes. Okay? He never changes. If this is true, and we understand that there's a never-changing God, he's present amongst us, we are his house, can you imagine what it would look like when all of us, full of faith, start to believe for miracles, healings? We go and see people that we know are sick. We're like, hey, I know a guy. Let me, let me introduce you to him, just like those guys in the story. We can offer to pray for people and we can see them healed. It means we can love people in a way that they can't be loved by lots of other people because we carry the love of God, the love of Jesus. Um, I would love for us to start imagining and dreaming about how we can use our homes more. How we can use our homes. Put your hand up if you've got a house. We're very blessed. There's some people that don't have houses. But God's given us houses and he wants us to use them. And when we're there, then God is there. Jesus is there because he's in us. We can use our homes to see people saved and healed. We can see miracles in our homes. Our homes could be packed to the doorway full of people that want to hear the message that Jesus has. Yeah? Why not? Why not? The things that stop us are... Mm, I might be embarrassed or I don't know if I can be bothered. Lord, forgive us if we ever can't be bothered to do what he's telling us to do. We can't be bothered or oh, we're quite busy this week. You know, we are busy. Life is busy. But there should always be times where we can make space to do what God is telling us to do. Um, when we gather in our homes, we should raise our expectation of what can happen there. Um, I want to challenge us, how often do we invite our neighbours in? How often do we fill the house and talk about our faith? Not in a cringy way, but in a normal, real way. Our faith is relevant, Jesus is relevant. It's not something that's dated and religious, but it's alive, real, powerful, modern, groundbreaking, true. The gospel is God's total answer to man's total need. I could say a lot more, but I'm going to stop because I want us to sing, sing a song or two to finish. Now, I could talk about this for hours, I'll be honest. This, this really matters. I'm not sure how else to convey this to us, but what we have faith for in our church really matters. How we see the future of what we look like really matters. Are we going to be a church where we get cosy and we enjoy coming and sitting on a chair on a Sunday morning, we listen to Phil or Stephen speak or whatever, and we go home? Or are we going to be a church that actually takes serious 
the thing that God has called us to do, which is to reach the towns and the villages, to preach the gospel, to go with the authority that he gives us, to move in power, in the power of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. Like, these are the things which can make us a church, which is a house of faith. And that, I believe, is what God wants for us. He wants us to be a house of faith. I don't want to sit here and listen to Carl tell me about his sister's knees that have been healed and be like, great, see you next week. I can do much better things with my time if I'm going to do that. I want to be somebody who listens to that and be like, that's awesome. God is good. Thank you, Lord. You're awesome. Do you know what? I know somebody else who's got really bad knees. I can tell her that story. I can put, lay my hands on them and see them healed because I can, because that's what he's told me to do. And he's told each and every one of us to do that. You can do it. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it, Linda. You can do it. Jesus says you can do it. And you can do it. Pete and Jenny, you can do it. There's tens of mums and dads that come to Mum Stop or Dad Stop that need to know that Jesus loves them and he can heal them and he can set them free. And we can do it. It's as simple as that. We can do it. We can do it. <laughs> He's the same God. Tim in the band, why don't you come up? I, I would like us to just sing something to sort of finish us off <laughs> in the right way. I, yeah, I, I could talk for hours on this. I, um, God will always give us opportunities to, to do this, to talk to people. How, how often do you go about your day and see somebody who's sick or... You're chatting, you're like, oh, how's your day going? Oh, not good. Um, or how are you doing? Oh, I've got a, got a bad back or whatever. Like, how often do you hear that? Yeah. Every day. Every day. Sometimes I walk past people in Sainsbury's. You know where Sainsbury's is? I walk past people in Sainsbury's and I see them hobbling along or they've got a broken arm. I'm like, imagine if I just stopped and said, um, oh, I've noticed that you're hobbling. I did this recently. I noticed that you're, whatever, um, are you okay? Can I help? Can I pray for you? If I did that in Sainsbury's and a guy's leg grew back or something, like the whole of Sainsbury's would gather to aisle four to see what's going on. And that's what's going on in this story. Like all of the town gathered because they knew the reputation that Jesus had to save people and to heal people. And it's the same reputation that we carry as followers of Christ, as his disciples, that we can tell others about. Now, God will give us opportunities this week, and I want to challenge you. When that happens, not if, when that happens, I want to challenge you to take the bold step and talk to the person. Just say, can I help you? Can I pray for you? That might be really embarrassing for some people. In the right way, please don't be embarrassed. God is with you. He gives us these opportunities. He will help us to do this. Um, it'd be really cool to hear about you know, stories of this hear some testimonies in the coming weeks of what happens and I also just want to finish by saying this this paralysed man who's on his mat for so long who had lost all hope for the healing, the miracle, the breakthrough that he needed he met Jesus 
and his life was turned around. It's because of his friends. And if you're here this morning and you're suffering something, an illness of some kind, there's a bit like this mat. It's kind of been attached to you for a long time. I want to say that we've had stories this morning of the power of God, Jesus Christ, who is here to heal. And um, if you want to get your breakthrough, why not? That's the best way I can put it, why not? Somebody said that to me, one of you guys said as I was lying on the mat. <laughs> why not? Or what's the worst that could happen? That's a funny phrase, I mean, you know. But, but why not? I prefer that phrase, why not? why not? Why not God heal you today? Of course he can. Of course he can. Over to these guys. Be great if we could just um, just respond to God and just say, Do you know, God, you're awesome. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what we've heard in the testimonies this morning. And we're committed to you. We're committed to doing what you tell us to do. No problem. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.